Hello, welcome to the Foreigners and Father podcast, where two nerdy foreigners take on the campaign of parenthood. Today, episode one, we're on the quest for departure. Okay, so I think we just start by introducing ourselves, and as a notoriously coward, I'm going to let you be first. So, introduce yeah. yourself, my friend. Brilliant, yeah. Um, might as well explain a little bit of what we're doing here. So, um, yeah, my name is uh, Pedro. I'm uh, 31, almost 32. Um, I live in the south of England, um, near Brighton. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm a big board game and video game nerd. Um, what about you? I'm, my name is Bruno. I'm 35 which it's awful to say. Right now you said, oh, 32, and I'm like, oh, I'm still younger than him, and then I remember I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I also live in South England, also near Brighton, if we're going by like the biggest city, and I'm a nerd that loves uh, video games, manga, comic books, board games, uh, tabletop RPGs, all of that stuff, and I'm originally from Mexico. Yeah, I am originally from Portugal. Uh, which in itself is a, a bit of a, a weird uh, question, isn't it? Where are you originally from? Um, where, where, where in Mexico are you from, generally? I was born in the city, in the main capital, but then when I was about eight, I moved to Puerto Vallarta, which is a, a very pretty beach town. I grew up there until I was like 19, if I remember correctly. Then I moved back to the city for like five years, and then I moved over here. What about you? Um, yeah, I was actually born in the Azores, uh, which are um, a group of islands in the middle of the Atlantic, but I was only living there for about six years, so then I moved to uh, near Lisbon, and I moved here about nine years ago, I think. Yeah, nine years ago is when I moved here, nine years and a bit. So yeah, I've been here for a while now, considering I'm 31, that's quite a big portion of uh, my life. Um, but what I wanted to ask is, obviously, you know, we're, we're doing the podcast. So, so why are we doing the podcast, and what is this podcast? How, how, how would you define it? A way for me to write down my memoirs without having to write anything down because I hate writing. Is so that in the future our kids can listen to it, and maybe if they're curious of how is it that they came to be here, or why is it that they have uh, a heritage outside of the country they live in they can listen to it and understand where we come through and what what led us to be here and basically i guess you could say they can see a, a prequel of their life whatever they have <laughs> so it's it's like a love letter for 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 my kid it is isn't it and when i think about what we're doing here uh it is really as you say it's it's leaving sort of a a, a treasure box, a memory box for our kids at the moment. Um, you know, I only have the one son, um, and but it's thinking. You know, who knows uh, how many kids, or I hope not not that many, but how many might be hearing this in the future, and you know, getting to hear about how their parents, how their father, um, you know, came to live in a different country, what their story is, and for me, it's really telling about what our story is, both in the past and in the present and what our plans are for the future as well yeah exactly and yeah like i only have one uh, as of the moment right now it's unsure if i'll have more or not but i just mentioned children because you never know and you never yeah, know it yeah. is 
it I do have a, a hate relationship with writing and if my my kid is anything like me it will be way easier for them to digest it in audio format instead of having to read a whole <laughs> book about it especially with my handwriting so yeah I think the format itself it lends itself perfectly and also now that we're doing it we might as well just share our experience to see if there's any other new parents out there that are wondering okay what is it like to be a new father i, I want to emigrate uh, or i have a mixed uh, heritage kid or you know anyone that can identify with with our campaign as we're calling it and might want to share experiences and and either see that they're not alone or or prevent any errors that we might have committed or being like oh, okay yeah i can do that and you know Absolutely, absolutely. And I think you touched on a, a very good point there as well in terms of, you know, who we think that this podcast is for. I think you've mentioned quite a few things there that are very interesting, but it's it's kind of the way the reason why we call these foreigners and fathers is really to pick on a few things, some of it very explicit and some of it not as explicit. Um, but it's basically our experience as foreigner people, uh, f foreign people living here in the UK. Um, and our experiences as fathers, as we are just taking the first steps into fatherhood um, and also using the name as a subtle hint, or maybe not that subtle, um, into, you know, our nerdy uh, uh, predilections or uh, um, nerdy hobbies as well. And I think that's when we th when I think about this podcast, it's kind of mixing it all a little bit, isn't it? So our plans for this is just to talk about our experiences in all three of these topics. Um, and sharing that, which I think, you know, there's quite a lot of people that for one reason or another have moved to the UK or plan to move to the UK and hearing about a first-hand experience might be uh, quite interesting. So, And I hope others find it interesting as well. Yeah, exactly. And not only are we able to talk about the three subjects, but parenthood itself is just starting. Like, our kids are very, very new to this world. So... We're going to be discovering with the listeners, whoever they are, and there might be people that actually is the other way around. They're, they're already in a stage more advanced, so to speak, than us, and they can reminisce or see the difference on how it is right now versus when they were to that experience, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, what, what we're planning to do here is we're going to try to do this as a, as a weekly podcast or, you know, I'm, I'm starting already on the wrong foot. I'm going to say we're going to do this as a weekly podcast, you know, yeah. setting our yeah. objectives and talk about our experiences in all uh, three of these fields as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we might do it on... I mean, not might. You see, you're you're contagious. We're gonna want to do it. On a, on <laughs> yeah, a I know. It's basis. hard, isn't it? It is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to have a positive mindset. Not only that, it's hard to to think of uh, a commitment when you're uh, barely starting. Like it's a reality, but it's just becoming a reality right now as we're recording. So it's kind of hard to think that. Oh wait, no, it's happening. But yeah, the the plan is to have a weekly episode. There's no runtime, but uh, we will get that details later. We don't want to make it a two-hour-long sitting. That's not the plan. Um, but we also don't want to make it like incredibly short. So we'll we're uh, iron those kinks later. But it is planned to be weekly. It's about our experiences, uh, what we share, and what we have differences. Because yes, we're both nerdy. We're both parent, new parents. We're both foreigners. 
and we're very close in age, but that doesn't mean that we all of our experiences are the same. And that's kind of the whole thing. Analyze exactly and and see exactly what are the different, what are the points of view, a place to share the experiences as mentioned before. So why don't you start us off by telling us when did you get here to the UK? I got to the UK in September of 2012. Uh, yes, exactly, nine years. Um, I came here originally, you know, I like to say when people ask me, you know, when did you come to the UK and everything, I like to think as coming to the UK, uh, I, when I came here, I wasn't thinking about uh, immigrating here, right? So I came here uh, to study and I had my degree in international relations. And I always knew that, Probably. you know, for me, For me, it doesn't make sense to have a degree in international uh, relations and have it all in just one country. Like, what's the point yeah. of that? What's the point of that, right? So I always knew that I wanted to do my master's degree somewhere else. So I thought about a few different options, and we'll, we'll talk more about that uh, in a second. But I, I thought about a few different options, but I ended up deciding to come to the UK. Um, so, uh, so that's so that's when I got here, and I came here uh, essentially to study. And I finished my masters a long time ago now, uh, or maybe not that long, but yeah, a long time it feels. Um, and yeah, so 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 that's when I got here. When did you get here? I don't know the exact date, and my mom is going to kill me for it because she's uh, an advocate for dates. But <laughs> I, I, yeah, definitely. But I know it was uh, around six years ago. I think I arrived in March, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, six years ago, which has flown by, by the way. But yeah, basically, I'm fairly new to the. It's it's. I'm in a weird position because I cannot say I'm new to the country. But also, I cannot say that I've been here for a while, especially when right. you consider our ages. Like when you're 10 and you've been five years somewhere, it's half your life. When, yeah. when you're 35 and you've been six years in some places, like I barely got here. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 absolutely. No, I do. Um, so yeah, a little bit about us as well and how we know each other. I mean, so let me let me yeah. start it off. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you came in studying, I yeah. came in directly with the intention of working. Right. So I landed in my current job as my third job here in the UK. Oh, I didn't know and it was your third. I thought it was like your second or something. No, it was the third. Technically, you can count it as a second because the second only lasted a month. It was just the place I used to not starve while I jumped from the first to the second to the third <laughs> one. Yeah. yeah. But so, yeah, and there in, in my department, I met someone that uh, eventually just said, hey, I know you're a nerd, I am a nerd, and I have nerdy friends, and I have a nerdy friend who's planning to run a D&D campaign, which is like the epitome of nerddom. How yeah. would you like to join? And I said like, yeah, sure, uh, that would be amazing. And I joined and you were the DM. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And how long ago was that? I can't even remember. But what, four years ago, five years ago, something like that, wasn't it? It's, it's... I can't believe how long to be honest, been. I don't remember. Like, it oh yeah, you, you did just say that you weren't very good with dates. So. <laughs> yeah, but it cannot be that far off because we were both in the same neighborhood. It was one of those quick moments in which we were both in the same neighborhood, which was kind of a waste because we weren't as close as we are right now, and we were like five minutes away in by in a bicycle ride. Uh, yeah, it's, but it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it wasn't be. that far off. It must have been like I don't know between. Four, between three and four years? Right. 
Yeah, I think it is. I think it is three and four years. And uh, yeah, I still remember going into like a pub here uh, here in Brighton uh, to to play, and they had this room. It was actually amazing because they didn't charge to rent the room or anything. They just wanted us, you just had to book at the hour, and then they um, um, you just had to obviously buy drinks and something. And we still played like uh, two or three sessions there. It was quite fun. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so let me let me let me ask you then. So, obviously, you know, we're talking we're talking a little bit about how we came to be here and uh, what our history is a little bit on that. But why why did you decide to leave your home country? It's it's quite a hard question, isn't it? Because you're born into a country, right? And it's not immediately, and it's not the easiest thought to just go like, you know what, I'm going to live somewhere else. Because especially if we have anyone listening to this who's always lived in the same country and has always lived here in the UK, it's quite a hard question. It's quite a hard thing to think about, you know, moving away from family, from friends, um, from everything you know and living somewhere else. So so why why did you decide to immigrate? Well, it's it's funny that you mentioned it because it is everything you said, but at the same time, it's something that I planned since I can remember. Not, not I mean, not exactly since I was a baby, but ever since I I was old enough to know that as an adult you have to earn your livelihood. I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna live here. My dream was gonna move to like what was my dream was move to Japan and be a professional mangaka. That was the dream since <laughs> I was like. That Nine. is that is very bold, very bold, especially knowing how strict they are. Well, that's the thing. I didn't know. I was like, oh, they they will love me as long as I know how to draw. That's it. I'm done. And then <laughs> then I realized, and that's what I'm not there. But but yeah. So I always knew I wanted to emigrate somewhere. And also, I mean, maybe it's kind of obvious, but I think in Mexico the the migrant culture is way bigger. <laughs> if you if you were to listen to any like U.S. Americans, they will tell you that we move like the plague, mate. So. Yeah, I, I guess it's easier to mention it. It was obviously not easy by any way, shape, or form. Sure. But I guess I, I already had the idea of I am eventually going to move. And also I grew up hearing stories of how my family migrated to Mexico. Like my, my family was Italian and Spanish and they came centuries ago and they started the country on my mother's side of the family huh. and on my father and my father's side of the family my grandfather was spanish that's why i have the spanish nationality All so right. he was uh, like he migrated like that so i had both experience of someone that just migrated and also coming from someone that came when the country was nothing and the hardships of go by ship and start a whole new life in a country that is not yours and they obviously don't like you and all of that so that that mentality helped me i think I, I think i felt that i had it on my on my blood as as you could say it and as to as to why the uk instead of japan it's basically because i realized that i couldn't be a mangaka uh, it's not as sad <laughs> as it sounds don't worry why yeah, no, it's why, fine. why couldn't you be a mangaka is it is it just like because you couldn't draw well enough or just because you couldn't take the intense japanese working hours or what is it TLDR, I didn't practice as much as I needed to because I got demoralized for other story that maybe we'll touch on one day. Uh, second, I found out that they're incredibly nationalistic. So everyone yeah. is like <laughs> everyone and their cousins is submitting pilots to be published daily. And for them to pick a, a foreign over a national was going to be like incredible, especially in those times. And, and third, their whole society is so uptight and by the rules that someone with ADHD as myself was destined to fail. So I decided against it. 
Yeah. And why yeah. the UK? Because all my adult professional life, I worked in what we do for a living, so contact centers. All my adult life, that's what I've been doing. So there was one in in Amex in Mexico that I worked with, and I I knew that there was one in the UK, and so that's what I decided. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna move there, see if I can get it, and. Uh, so so so, so 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 when you when you moved are you saying so did you already have some contacts and some my job prospects no. as amex or or did, was it just no. like oh right <laughs> actually i applied for amex brighton in amex mexico never heard back and i was like you know what i'm just gonna show up and apply and i did and i never <laughs> heard back i don't know if i really? got blacklisted or what but i never heard back yeah no i came in with two back two suitcases one backpack, no, two backpacks, and a week paid of hostel. That's it. That's all that I had on me. I didn't have uh, friends, family, a place to stay, nothing. I came in uh, winging it, so to speak. And was it just you? Was it just you on your own as well? Yeah, the, the plan wow. was, was like, I'm going to wing it myself, and then once I'm settled, I'm going to uh, bring bring the rest, which I did. But yeah, I just I I got help from my mom to save money enough to buy the the ticket in the first week of hostel, right. and then I came in, and in that week of hostel, I I had my laptop and had the clothes on my back, and I was like, better find a job. And <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, it was hard, man, because I didn't have a, a I couldn't it, getting a bank account was really hard because I didn't have an, a, a proper address. There was only one bank, which I won't I won't mention, but there was only one bank that allowed me to open an address with the receipts of the the hostel. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. And the thing is, without bank account, I couldn't get a job because they won't pay you nowadays with check or anything. So if you don't have a bank account, they don't have where to deposit the money, so you cannot get a job. So yeah, it was quite a big risk. Now that I look back into it. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Like I, I don't even know how you got the bank to open the bank account for you because a lot of times they require an address, and to have an address they require you to have, uh, you know, you, you need to have a tenancy agreement or something, which obviously you didn't have. And a lot of times to get the tenancy agreement you need to have a credit check, and to have a credit check you wouldn't have, so you would have to pay like six months in advance, which you know there goes your savings, um, and especially like in two thousand. 16 or 17 or whenever you came over because what I'm initially in 2016 I think because what I'm thinking is that um, when I got here and in 2012 uh, I remember opening the bank account and it was fairly easy I think that they were a lot more relaxed in terms of the requirements to open a bank account uh, but I also know that later on they became a lot stricter with that as well so so yeah that's yeah. That's, that's quite interesting yeah, and I got really lucky because I got here and like two months after I got here, Brexit happened. So yeah, that was a, a big bullet I dodged there. And I I also got here and like two months later or, or a month before I moved, Trump became president in the States, which marked a, a very rough stage for Mexican economy. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I moved just when I needed to move. And going back to the question, because yeah. I, I divulged a little bit, which... I've just for warning, I'm going to do. I, I tend to ex like go on a tangent, but to go back to topic, I moved in because of I always liked the UK folklore since I was a kid. I had books on fairies and gnomes and dragons and Arthurian legend, and I always liked the folklore. It had a, a, an amex which I was familiar with, 
and so I and I liked English so that's why I decided to move here and why I decided to go out of Mexico even though I wasn't gonna go to Japan anymore to sum it up quality of life like I I always been very empathetic to the the plights of others uh, but at the same time I realized that I wasn't gonna be able to change the state of the country I know it sounds very defeatist and and not optimistic but I wouldn't be able to do it on my own. Uh, so I, I took the way of, you know what, I, I cannot be here anymore. I hate seeing the, all this suffering and all this insecurity. And I want to be able to have a family because I always wanted to be a dad. So I want to be able to have a, a family and be able to afford having a family. And also at the same time for them to be able to be safe while going out. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's also not as bad as some movies or media portray it. But it's also not incredibly good. So just... Just to put two points, quality of life, I got my Spanish nationality, so I was able to emigrate, and I took the advantage, and I came over. That's Those are my, my reasons. But what about yours? Because I've been speaking a lot. <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, I mean, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that in terms of improving the country, and it might seem defeatist or something like that. But to be honest... I, Yes and no. Like I remember thinking and pe hearing people, not about me specifically, but I remember hearing people in Portugal, you know, state opinions such as, you know, if you, if you don't like your country, instead of moving to a different place, what you should do is you should improve it. And I, and I get it. I get the theory of it, right? The problem is that it's really hard to do it as one single person and i think the only the only way that you can improve and the only way that you can actually make a difference and it's going to sound a little bit strange but i think the only way that you can do it is actually get into politics and become like activists in your local circles and stuff and uh I, that's never been my interest uh, i've never really been interested in getting into politics uh for you know a whole lot of reasons uh well it's politics to start with um yeah but yeah exactly so so um so i just didn't see a path for me to change you can't change society from one day to another and um, um so that 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 was um that's my rebuttal to that in a way it's just that one person cannot change and i can't waste my life trying to improve something that um is very 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 difficult everyone has to make the best decisions that they have for themselves isn't it but Not you know that like i i grew up seeing people from older generations than myself people that were revolutionaries and were fighters and seeing them defeated at, at not being able to do it and the the havoc it, it wreaked on their lives like that realization of i couldn't do anything and i'm part of the system it destroyed them so i i decided you know what i'm not gonna go through that no exactly 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 it's not it's not something that simple but um but yeah i mean when you look at portugal and you were mentioning that uh, uh, you know even mexico there's a lot of migrants and everything but uh, when you look at portugal uh, i was looking online and actually the Eurofund says that 20 percent of there's 20% of people that live outside Portugal, Portuguese people living outside Portugal. What I mean 20% is that Portugal is a country of 10 million people and there's about 2 million Portuguese uh, descendants, 2 million Portuguese people living outside of Portugal, which I think is like one of the highest in Europe or something wow. like that. So, so, yeah, so 20% of your compatriots don't live in your country? 
basically. Yeah, yeah, something like that, obviously, because then it's 12 million, so it's not 20% yeah, of Yeah, it's million, nuanced, but... But, but yeah, there's yeah, a bit yeah. of nuance, but yeah, generally speaking, 20% of people, uh, of Portuguese people, uh, live outside Portugal, uh, roughly, which is, uh, which is, you know, quite a big percentage. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, speaking as to that period, obviously, coming here in 2012, um, there's been about half a million Portuguese people that emigrated, so there's... Two million people living outside of Portugal, right? And half a million emigrated just between 2011 and 2016. So just in those five years. Um, and, you know, this was after the financial crisis of 2008. And uh, there was quite a lot of things going on. And in as a matter of fact, our prime minister at the time, and I know this sounds really strange, but our prime minister, he actually incentivized people to immigrate. I think it was like in an interview or something, and he was kind of going like, well, it, it wasn't, if you don't like it, just go away where you find better opportunities, but it kind of was, that was kind of the <laughs> message um, that he gave. And I was like, well, I was already thinking about doing my degree. And I like to say to people that my plan wasn't to immigrate to the UK. I just came here to study. But that's that's me being a little bit defensive because, in all honesty, I knew that I wanted to immigrate. I think what it was was that I was going to come here and, you know, if it worked out, brilliant if it didn't work out i would do my degree and then move somewhere else and see where else i could go uh, pretty much but that's that's what i liked and you know i didn't really like the work culture in portugal i don't know how it is in uh, mexico but uh, in portugal the work culture is is it, it's very it's very very strange the way i see it and the way i explain it to people is imagine the work culture of japan in a way well maybe not as bad but something similar to the work culture of japan but without the benefits and without the the, the without the uh, financial gains of japan so in portugal there's this big thing and i think it's quite similar in southern european countries like italy and spain and stuff but i think i know that italy at least is very similar in that regards and it's kind of like you know you get it it doesn't matter what work you do it matters like that you are uh, that you get to the office and you can get to the office at like 9 9 30 a.m or something and then you can go for a coffee and then you can go for a uh, walk and then you can come back right so it doesn't really matter when you start as long as as long as you're there to punch your card in um and then uh, the day goes by and what is important is that you're the last one to go and that you go like after the boss leaves and everything and i remember even in like one of the first jobs that i had which was really really good and even in that job um, like I had the contract to work from like 9 till 5 or something like that or 5.30 and I remember leaving at 5.30 and I remember that the boss didn't really like it even though I wasn't doing anything wrong even though I had completed all of my work even though I was working really hard during my work hours and I remember thinking like I don't want to work like that I don't I don't want you know I want to go somewhere that appreciates the value of my work I want to go somewhere that actually values me as a person because that's what happens a lot in Portugal is that like the work culture there makes it so that people aren't really appreciated for their work and I'll tell you just a little bit of an anecdote about that and um, it's just someone that I think my parents know or something and there was this girl and she she studied to be a lawyer right and she got her degree and she got everything and she had to do an internship but you know one of those internships that don't actually she didn't actually earn any money and even though even though she was doing an internship she basically they worked her quite a lot and she had to do a lot of lot of lot of work and she actually was required to 
um, go and uh, travel as well in her car. And uh, she ended up having a problem with her car or something and uh, she needed to do a few jobs and she she turned around to her boss and she was like look i'm really sorry but i i don't have a car my car broke down or something like that and i can't really do it so so what's the solution here can you give me like a company car that i can use or something um and the, basically the answer that they gave her was like well don't your parents have a car wow yeah and it's kind of like I remember like and I know a lot of people my age and something and it's like there's no career progression people really treat you really really badly like they don't value your work it's like you have to really prove yourself and the way for people to prove themselves is basically to work themselves out and to just like it's it's I didn't like that culture I was like it's a negotiation right I'm not going to sacrifice myself sacrifice my time for a company that doesn't give a crap at least you know you can say a lot about about a lot of companies and a lot of about, uh, corporations but at least like your work is somewhat valued you're valued as a person and there's like a two-way negotiation oh, yeah, if you definitely. don't like something you can say it uh, whereas in there I always felt like y you let me sum it up in in one statement it's like you had to kind of feel very thankful for the company for to uh, for implying you right so yeah. it was like oh yeah, yeah, thank yeah. you so much thank you so much for employing me and i'll do so much because you gave me you know you were so generous to employ me and i'm like no 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 screw that and employment is a, is a contract between two parties yeah so, exactly you're not doing yeah. me any favors like i'm doing something to earn my wage it's not a favor precisely and i always yeah. like that which is why i wanted to do it yeah it's it's similar in, in mexico but in mexico it's more like the I like to, to think of it as this. there's this image of birds in a lamppost and the bird on top is super clean. The oh, second yeah. row has a little bit of poop. The third row has a lot of poop and the fourth row is just poop. And it basically is the lower you're on the scale and you look up, yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. see only If you're in the top and you look down, you're going to see only It's kind of yeah. like that. And they, yeah, they want to, they, they use such a, a, a tactic for emotional abuse. Like they say, we're a family. Like, of course you can stay overtime with no pay, right? Because we're a family and we need you and, and stuff like that. But yeah. if you need to leave early, it's like, oh, no, hell no. You're not getting paid to be early. Actually, you have yeah. to be here half an hour earlier to start your, your tools for your job and stuff like that. So, no, I, I, I know what you mean. So, and, it, seem, it seems like it's fairly similar then. <laughs> In yeah. a way, so, so, some things different, but generally similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so... It's, it's funny that you mentioned because I said that I had the Spanish passport and one of the reasons why I decided to come to the UK instead of Spain is because at that moment Spain was going through a crisis oh, yeah. and if I remember correctly that actually affected pretty much all the the Latin speaking countries right like Italy, Portugal, Spain and France were all having a crisis if I remember correctly is that is that accurate? I think so, I think so, that's what I remember uh, from the time as well so I think like there was a whole discussion about pigs. Do you remember pigs? Do you know pigs? Like Portugal, Italy, Ireland, Greece, and Spain. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't know that. that Did I you not know? Yeah, yeah that, was, that was before you came. So probably you didn't hear a lot about it. But I remember at the time there was a lot of conversation about the pigs, which, you know, is not very nice. But it was the acronym. <laughs> it was the acronym for like Portugal, Italy, Ireland, Greece, and Spain. Um, yeah. So it was like... The, it was like kind of calling it the uh, the not so good countries in a way the so ones that were dragging everything the down. mediterranean and ireland 
<laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. So, um, so I remember that as well. But, um, but you know, in terms of why the UK and whether I considered any other countries, uh, what I would say is that obviously English is a, is a big advantage, and uh, you know, bringing this back a little bit to being very, very nerdy. Um, I basically learned English playing video games, and I remember I remember playing, especially <gasps> Pokemon. I was a big Pokemon fan, and it was all in English. There wasn't a Portuguese translation, right? So and excited that you mentioned that. Sorry to cut you off, but I'm so no. excited because that's how I learned. Everyone was always asking With me, like, Pokemon oh, how did, or like, video games? Yeah, everyone, uh, video games and comic books. Everyone was like, how did you learn English? You must have gone to a really good school and everything. I'm like, no, I was playing Zelda and I didn't understand the puzzle. So I grabbed the dictionary and I was yeah. translating the game. <laughs> So you see, you see how it all ties together, isn't it? Learning the language through being Holy nerdy to come and live in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, the first sure. person I know that learned English the same way. <laughs> you don't know how excited I am, mate. It's it's because it's always been like everyone. Like, wow, and you're like, yeah, I learned English by playing video games. So like, holy sh. It's uh, I still remember, right? I remember it was uh, it's so stupid, right? I don't remember how I learned a lot of the language, but I remember and Pokemon came out when I was like 6 or 7 and that's that's when I was playing or 8 or 9 or something. Um uh, so that's what I, I basically got to school and uh, when I started learning English in school, I already knew quite a lot. But I remember this specific thing and it's very very silly, but I was playing Pokemon Gold. And there's a place I can't remember the, the name of the uh, uh, of the place, but it's, it's underneath the Lake of Rage where the Red Gyarados is. Yeah, and there's yeah. this guy that he stopped you. So I wanted to go right, and I wanted to go to the icy cave, whatever it's called. I wanted to go there, but he stopped me, and he stopped me, and I didn't understand why he stopped me. I was like, "Why are you stopping me?" And and he was said something like, um, blah, 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 and then stop bothering bothering me. And I was like, "Bother." What the hell is bother? I don't understand what bother is. And I asked my parents, and you know, my parents have a decent level of English, but they don't know sometimes specific specific words. So, and they were like, oh, I actually don't know. So I did what you did as well, which is grab a dictionary. And I was like, oh, bother, you know, and, you know, just being a nuisance or something. And I was like, okay, okay. That's, uh, to be honest, that didn't quite answer my question, but what I'm trying to say is like that's how I was thinking and that's how I was trying to resolve. And I think for you it was similar, wasn't it? Trying to yeah. resolve a puzzle, trying to get through to the game. Um, yeah, well, so yeah, I, I think was, that's quite fitting. I was playing Ocarina of Time, so they're telling you all these clues for all how to, like, when to play the song and everything, and I'm like, what? Like, obviously I did have, like, a basic knowledge of, like, the verb to be an A, B, C, D, one, two, three, because I went to bilingual schools. But it was like that, it was like, I don't understand squat of what's going on, and I want to play this awesome game. And also, myself, I always played games for the story, not only the gameplay. Oh yeah. So I wanted mm. to understand what was going on. So I was like, sword. What is that? Sword. Oh no, it's saying sword. Okay, and that means, <laughs> like, a blade. Oh, okay, I get it, I get it. So yeah, I am so excited to know a fellow uh, video game English learner. Screw Duolingo, video games where it's at. Oh, honestly, honestly, and um, I also speak a little bit of uh, Spanish as well, to be honest. And uh, the way I learned Spanish, um, just while we're on this topic, and uh, you know, we'll have we'll have something where we talk a little bit more about the language, so we can touch on this a little bit more. But uh, there's also uh, the way I learned Spanish was that they used to have these. Um, 
this TV series for kids in Portugal, uh, which was uh, Japanese actually, the Doraemon, you know Doraemon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they used to have it in Portugal, but it was like all dubbed in Spanish with Portuguese oh, really? subtitles. Yeah, dubbed in Spanish with Portuguese subtitles. And that's how I learned Spanish was because I was reading the subtitles and I was basically well, translating in my head. So I yeah, remember I, I learned to, to spell or well to read, I should say. Uh, hi and ie in Japanese because I used to buy pirated PlayStation 1 games but oh, they yeah. were in Japanese <laughs> so and I learned to, to to distinguish okay this means safe this means are you sure yes or no <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so you know it, it, it's quite good but I think it's quite fitting for the uh, podcast as well and uh, it's something that we hadn't discussed before but I think it's you know it's definitely fitting um but in terms of, you know, still on the topic of YDK and considering other countries. Uh, so I actually considered fairly seriously going to another country. And that country was Denmark. Because as I said, the reason why I wanted to um, move elsewhere, uh, the initial trigger for me to move elsewhere was going to be to study and do my master's degree and yeah. at the time it was fairly cheap to do it in um, in Denmark or free even and uh, uh, it was really interesting as well now the reason ended up being I think it was really about the language but not only that I also had a um, and I have a cousin that works here in one of the uh, universities here in the UK and she's quite high up in in the university so so I basically asked for her advice and what she would tell me in terms of like which university I should go for, which ones were the best, etc. And she ended up recommending that I study in the University of Sussex, which is where I took my master's degree uh, in uh, global political economy. So oh, that's wow. that's what I that's why what I ended up doing. So I, I did my master's degree here, uh, and that's um, and that's why I decided to come here. But but let me ask you, right? So so when we're thinking about the UK, and I'll tell you what my opinion is. But when we're talking about the UK, a lot of what you hear, obviously, is two things, right? At least in Portugal, that's what I heard. I don't know about you in Mexico, but one of them is the weather is not good, and the other one is the food. The food is all. Um, I saw someone referring to British food online as very beige. Yeah, it is very, very vanilla. And yeah. I remember uh, seeing Snatch and this this quote stuck with me. And it's like, yes, London, bad food, worse weather, American poppins, London. And yes, it's true. <laughs> but no, we, we don't hear that much of the UK and Mexico. What we know is the stereotypical, uh, you know, Victorian gentleman everyone is witty and have a sharp tongue and everyone is classy and, and upper class. So I didn't know that much about it. What I knew was, again, what I had research on, which was medieval England with folklore <laughs> fairies. When you say when you say did research on, do you just mean like you really enjoyed reading the Arthurian legends and everything? Yes and no. Uh, there was a moment in my life in, it was, in which I was doing some, for a 12-year-old, serious research, mate. Like, I bought different books on fairies and mythical creatures for different authors, and I was comparing notes to see if it could be real. There were moments in which, <laughs> I remember, I left a, a well, recipient, I don't know what, what it's called, but this little, like, bowl full of milk and a spoon of honey outside, because supposedly that is tribute for the honeys. Uh, for the fairies, and the next day it was gone, and I was like, holy shit, 
the fairies. And my mom was like, yay, fairies, blah, blah, blah. And then I don't remember if it was my sister or my grandma who said, or it could just now just be the possums that live right outside on the street. I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> thanks for destroying I think, my... like, if it makes you feel better, I'm pretty sure it was the fairies. No, well, my mom was, oh, bless her. She was like, well, <laughs> who's to tell you that fairies don't disguise themselves as possums, huh? I'm like, yeah. That is very so... <laughs> sweet. That is very, very wholesome. Yeah, uh, she was amazing. So yeah, I, I was, when I say research, I mean research. I was really into research. it. I'm like, oh, okay, so blah, blah, blah. And, but yeah, I didn't know much about current England other than the fact that I liked it. Uh, I, I liked the media. For example, I, I watched a lot of Graham Norton. I was a, a semi-decent Whovian. Uh, I liked Guy Ritchie movies, like gangster movies. So I was a, a, a little bit uh, accustomed to the to the state of the country, but not too much. Uh, so yeah, that didn't play into my considerations really. S it seems like you you had it more than I did, to be honest, because uh, uh, all, I think all I had like uh, it's very very strange, but I don't know how it is about you. Uh, maybe it's the same, or maybe it's not. But living in Portugal, what we were is we were very exposed to uh, American culture, and I remember even when I was studying in school, right? And I had uh, teachers that wanted to teach us how to like spell things in British English instead of American English and something because they had studied here and they wanted to teach us like the British way because in reality we were being taught English from uh, Europe or from uh, from the UK yeah, and yeah. I, I remember even being um, being against it and be feeling really offended like oh you know I'll spell color how I want to spell color it's not wrong you can't tell me it's wrong so whatever and she you know I remember the teacher just kind of sighing and just going like fine yeah I guess it's not technically wrong but so I didn't have a lot of exposure and there was a lot of like uh, music bands and stuff something that I didn't actually know whether they were British or not I, for me it was all like they're you know they they sing in english that's good enough for me uh like <laughs> you know oasis for example i had no idea oasis were british and because you know i didn't have to and uh, to be honest i've never been very big on accents um mm -hmm. so uh for me it's never been quite a thing that i pay attention to uh, but i do remember what did i know i do remember like just before i came here about the year before i got here um i got so much into arctic monkeys right like i really, really really got into arctic monkeys and because i was really into them i actually researched them and i actually knew that they were uh, that they were british and stuff and something so um that's one of the exposures i had and then obviously through my international um relations degree and everything and just a general feeling that people have about uh, the uk i don't know how it is in mexico but in in portugal and the rest of europe to be honest um the feeling that you get about the uk is like oh you know the uk it was like they were the naughty child they just doing whatever they want it's like oh that's just the uk being uk and kind of just like dismissed in a way because it was always like they've always had you know even before brexit they've always had like a love-hate relationship with Europe um, yeah but um, uh, but yeah but in terms of the weather in terms of the food it's just kind of the things that you hear I don't know what your experience is but for me for example in terms of the weather and maybe that's just because we're very lucky to live in the south of um, the south of the country but I actually don't think that the weather is as bad as people say either that or I just don't mind it that much 
I don't mind it either. And actually, it's now that you mention it, it's important for me to to add a little asterisk. I when I was in in, in I guess it's the equivalent of high school. I was really into punk rock, so I also had that going for me. Yeah, like like the Clash and Sex Pistols and like. I'm not gonna mention all the bands, uh, especially. And I know already that everyone who hears this is gonna say like, "Oh, he mentioned those two bands first, Poser." But yeah, whatever. So, <laughs> so I, yeah, that was also something that was there that attracted me to it. Because I'm again, we're not gonna delve into it, but I'm very left-leaning, so that also attracted me to it. It's like all that feeling of rebelliousness and and DIY and stick it to the man and all that was also there. Obviously, I moved and I realized that it wasn't the whole country, but which was kind of disappointing. But it's still, I don't mind the weather, but I, I something that you mentioned, I do mind the food, which is really Damn. important, especially for a Mexican. Like just today, I did carnitas tacos, and I actually mentioned to my mom and my partner that when I was a kid, I never in my wildest dreams, even if, not even a kid, a teenager or an adult, I never in my wildest dreams thought that I will be making carnitas tacos. Because for me, it was always like, well, if I want carnitas, I'll just go out the street, go to a corner and buy some freaking tacos. And wow. Now, yeah, 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 and moving here and realize <laughs> that it's not possible. It was quite a struggle. And not only not possible for Mexican food, food in general. Like, we're, I'm used to be able to open my door, go to the street, walk not more than three blocks and find someone selling some kind of good food. Here, I don't well, have squat. No, I, I guess you could have. I think the, the other problem that you have here is that it, it's just going to be bloody expensive, isn't it? I guess, like, in probably in Mexico, you could do it a lot more often. It would be probably a lot cheaper, so you wouldn't even notice it. But if you want to do it here, like, it's it's just impossible. You just don't save any money if you just keep going out. And, and to be honest, like, the food isn't that great either, to be honest. Maybe well, generally you can, speaking. but I live in a village, mate. Like, I have nothing <laughs> for miles around. Like, even takeaways, the only thing that I can order is either, like, uh, Chinese, Indian kebabs or pizzas. And don't get me wrong, I like them, but not for every time I want takeaway. You know, I want to be able to have diversity. I, I could have, in Mexico, tacos or this, or tortas of this, or pozole of that, or maybe actually a burger, or a hot dog, or a pizza, or, yeah. you know? Yeah, 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 no, for sure. Seems like you're just missing a lot of tacos. Not only that, it, it, we're, food is so important for our culture. Like, we share so much in regards to food. It's such a ritual thing, like sharing your plate and inviting someone for dinner and cooking for someone. Like, it, it's very important. And obviously, I'm, I don't know it, but I always assume that because of the scarcity that the country has had, sharing something as important as food was a sign of showing appreciation. And at the yeah. same time, when you know how, when you know what hunger feels, you don't want anyone to experience that. So you're like, here, have, sure. have some of mine, you know? So it's very important for us. So here, seeing that food is just so meh, it was very, it is still to this day, very hard. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, when we, when we talk about next episode, we're going to talk a little bit about arrival and, um, uh, and what our impressions are so I think we can touch on that a little bit but I agree with you and in Portugal food is also very important and very diverse as well and here there isn't as much although I will say I will say and you know if we ever get any UK listeners and you know the, the three or four who might ever listen to this podcast by accident uh, <laughs> 
the um, uh, I, I want to say like don't take it so personally i actually don't think it's that bad and it's not as bad oh, no. as people always make it out to be i think there is very good british food and i think like it, it, yeah it's definitely not as bad as you uh, as a lot of no, people definitely make it not. out to be yeah you're right I, I should say when i mentioned meh i meant as in the importance to it not the, yeah, the flavor that is true that is i true. meant the that importance they give to food for them food is it's good and you share it with friends and everything but it's not it doesn't have that ritualistic emotional charge that we give yeah. it and, and i think yeah there is very good dishes but it's also in all honesty and i hope no one takes offense there is really good fishes i mean dishes the five of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, yeah. that's like, not get me wrong when i found out about sunday roast i was ecstatic i was like oh pork belly and uh, yorkshire puddings and like roasties and it's amazing but then you realize that they have that and fish and chips and bangers and mash and rinse and repeat and i was like oh okay yeah that's 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 true um yeah and i think one good example of that is that there's a lot of people that eat at work here and i remember like in portugal it was almost unthinkable for people to eat at their desks but people here like they because they don't place as much importance in terms of food or something. It's just like fuel for you, isn't it? Whereas in Portugal and in Mexico as well, it's quite a lot uh, more cultural as well. So yeah, yeah I completely, I completely get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even in the office, like you said, on your lunchtime, you will go out and you will go to your friends to the burger stand or the the sandwich stand, and yeah. you will share that moment while you're eating. It's like I'm not gonna even be in the office because I'm eating, you know yeah exactly exactly like it's it's like personal time isn't it it's not yeah it's like time that you have for yourself uh which is why in portugal as well like people take like one hour minimum lunch breaks because yeah exactly a lot of people go to like the restaurant or something but but you know we've been talking about a lot in terms of why do you and i think it's it's been fairly clear as to why do you the language uh, the quality of life and uh, I really, you know, I really do identify with a lot of the uh, English culture in terms of, um, you know, I'm a bit more of an introvert. And um, I think English people generally are a bit more introverts as well. Um, so um, I quite identify with that as well. And um, it's just having good economic development and um really preparing a good future for my children and i think that's one of the main reasons and maybe i didn't even know it at the time but it's exactly. like having a good life having a good life for myself and being able to provide a good life for my kids as well but but how so so coming here obviously you know you make that decision and uh, what what did you do to prepare so how did you prepare how long how, how long before you came here did you start preparing to uh, to come and um like what sort of things did you do well we uh, my mom and i we planned it because again she helped me a lot so we planned it let's say with like a year in advance or five years in advance or more of a this is something that we want right but then yeah. it reached a moment in, a, in which i was like you know what it's not something that i that we want it's something that i need and right now oh okay. yeah, yeah yeah and she was like okay cool so three months safe okay find the hostel Find where you're going, where, Brighton, why? Okay, because it has an Amex, it's close to London, and you know the city exists because PewDiePie lives there. Okay, boom, done. Oh, really? Uh, Is that right? You, you know what? I only found out that PewDiePie lived in Brighton like two or three years ago. Um, it's funny It's funny that you knew about it before you moved here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found out he lived in Brighton. 
Then I googled where the hell is Brighton and I found out, I googled it while I was working and I found out, that's how I found out there was an Amex in Brighton. So I was like, okay, it's close to London, it doesn't have London prices, it's in a beach town, it's very liberal, which is kind of like familiar to the beach town I used to live in Mexico. And so yeah, let's go, boom. So save three months, find a hostel <laughs> that was decent enough, but not too expensive, book two weeks of hostel, and uh, pack and leave. And and I had the the fortune that my mom was like, don't you want to go like to France first a little bit? We have enough money so that you can go like oh, no. a week or two to France before. And I was like, okay, cool, that's awesome. Yeah, so I went to France, I spent like two weeks there. Then I moved here. Oh, nice. Yeah, I moved here. I arrived to the hostel. I was like, okay, so this is the train station. Okay, let me walk, find my hostel. I was surprised that everyone and their mothers had a, a smartphone with internet on the street. That That's not that common, or at least it wasn't that common <laughs> when I moved. Yeah, I, I was like, do you know where this hostel is? And everyone is like, no, but let me Google it. I was like, holy I'm definitely in the first world country now. Uh, <laughs> so I arrived and I, I was like, okay, what's the internet password? I opened my laptop and I started looking for jobs and that's really how I got here. That's that's both the preparation and the journey. It was very fast pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. I I respect that. Uh, but to be honest, you know, it was fast paced. But as you said, you had been preparing to immigrate for a while before, wasn't it? You always kind of had it, as you said, in your genes and stuff. Yeah, it was a calculated and risk, I should say. But it was very risky because I obviously burned all the bridges. Like there wasn't a, a chance of, of okay, it didn't work, come back. You know, it, it's it's like you're here and that's it. Either you make it or you break. Really? Wow. Yeah. Did you just tell everyone in your old jobs to screw to screw themselves over? Not, not like, exactly like that. But there wasn't. The thing is, we used all of my savings for me to actually to come here. Then it was okay, right. get a job and send start sending money back because we used all the money we had, even for her to eat, to, for me to be able to move. So it was either ah. you start making money or we both screwed up. Because <laughs> even if because I did buy a round ticket mostly because it was cheaper, weirdly enough. But it, let's <laughs> assume that it didn't work and I go back. It will take me another while to find a job there and to find a good paying job there it, it like believe me it would have been like a real real problem like how are you going to afford rent how are you gonna eat like it would have been big like i did literally just burn the ship arrive at shore and burn the ships it was well either you make it or you make it mate wow wow that's very yeah that's very risky i mean not as you said calculated but still Still, that's very that's very brave of you to be honest um i mean i for for me it was slightly different so so i was i finished so i finished my degree right so my my bachelor's degree in portugal and i, I was kind of like i know i want to do my master's elsewhere but i also know i need money there's no way around it um so um i started looking for a job and i found a job in a, an old company that actually did uh, ship shipments and um, for like exports out of Portugal, and it was actually uh, working mostly for a Korean company that doesn't exist anymore. I think they went bankrupt, but it was called Hanjin. Mm. And what it was was basically exporting uh, Portuguese stuff to uh, Asia. Okay, mm -hmm. so not only Korea, but ge just generally Asia. And so you see, this is just a, a bit of a side note, but just so you see like what we do in Portugal. I remember like exporting a lot of stuff, right? But um, what we exported out of Portugal was basically three things. 
no, four things. It was um, olives, marble, cork, and tomato, uh, tomato passata, right? Cork. So those were the, the four main things that we exported out of Portugal. It was always, it was always one of those four, or like 90% of it was all those four. So it's all things that are, you know, they're not worked. They're all like raw materials in a way. Um, so, so, it's but weird. that's a I separate conversation. I never actually thought where cork comes from. I always just assumed cork was there. It's one of those things that I never thought, oh yeah, cork. It was just always, Portugal, yeah, it's cork, you know? Portugal has a, a big history of uh, cork and stuff. Like we do a lot of stuff, not just for like the wine bottles, but like we actually do clothing and really um, clothing. Yeah, I only yeah, seen yeah, it in, in for bottles and obviously like blackboards where you pin notes. No, no, no! Quite a lot, quite a lot more things. So, so we actually have a big uh, thing on, in Cork in Portugal. So that was that's always been the export. But anyway, I digress. So, so, so what I wanted to do during that year is I was working in that shipment company, and I just wanted to save money. So I was living with my parents, and basically I didn't spend any of the money that I earned. So, or almost any of the money. I think I just kept like less than ten percent to use during the month. I wasn't, you know, my parents were kind enough that you know they weren't charging me rent or anything like that or any expenses so they said look you're preparing you're saving money so just do your thing and uh, we'll be here so they were very supportive and um what they did was that uh, well I, I was saving that money so after a year um or almost a year i turned around to my boss and i says you know really really sorry but um i'm you know i'm i'm going um yeah I'm, I'm out. study <laughs> and I, uh, I'm, yeah i'm out and um i remember <laughs> i remember sending him the email right so we were in the office and i remember sending him the email like uh, just a sheepish email just going like um can we have a talk like a private talk and I remember he, he got my email and literally, right, so I sent my email and I, from where I was sitting I could see him ac across the office and he got my email and he just got like really exasperated and just banged his, his hands on the desk and he just went like, okay Pedro, let's do it now. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, he's literally just telling me, I, I sent the email and like in less than 30 seconds he was saying, okay, let's do it then. And I was like, okay, all right. Um, so yeah, we went into the office and he was like, so what is it then? And I said, well, I'm leaving and he just kind of goes like, oh, all right, all right, when is this, etc. So he just started asking me questions. It, it wasn't terrible, but, um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, he, he wasn't was pleased. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he just wanted to, he just knew that he had to find someone else and everything. So he was a bit annoyed about that because I think he kind of wanted a bit more stability from me. But then in, in any case, so I saved money. Um, you know, three months before I came here, I started setting up a few job alerts to, to find jobs because the thing is, I knew I was coming here to study, but I, I did my degree in part time. And the reason I did it in part time is that I, I had saved enough money to do my degree uh, because as you know the cost of the degree is quite expensive and you know nine years ago it wasn't that bad but it was still expensive from for someone coming from Portugal so I saved enough money for the degree but I basically had no money to live here and I actually came with my uh, girlfriend at the time uh, we had been together for a year and a bit a year and a half and she came with me as well because she thought you know why not I'll, I'll go as well and she wanted to try something different and um, uh, we both came here and I didn't have the money to leave like to, to for accommodation and everything I just had it for the degree 
Um, so I had to I had to basically uh, find a job that allowed me to work uh, to study uh, at the same time, and uh, yeah, I mean obviously Brighton was the largest town near the University of Sussex, and uh, um, so I decided to to come here. And uh, yeah, before I came here, I had a little bit of a goodbye party, um, just uh, with uh, with a few friends in Portugal, and it was, obviously it was a little bit hard leaving them and my family and everything, but. It's, it's a lot easier for me in a way and I respect what you did because you know the distance from Portugal to the UK is a lot a lot shorter um, than the distance from Mexico to the UK um, so so yeah that's that's how I prepared and um, it took me about a year to save or about eight to nine months ten months to save the money I start I stopped I came here in September and I stopped working in August so basically like Ten months that it took me to save the money and um, yeah that's how I prepared so I think we we touch on the basics on on why how and what happened when we got here yeah so I think it's it's a good time to start wrapping it up especially because about parenting I think our responsibilities are calling quite literally you, you know what when when we're like quite a lot of episodes in like this is the first one we don't have a lot of experience but it's going to be super jarring uh, hearing this first episode because we're oh gonna yeah it's gonna like... be cringy as yeah yeah yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i already know I, I, I it's gonna be cringy quite cringy but so far <laughs> before i have that experience it sounds really nice no no so... it's, it's, it is no i agree with you i agree with you but like it's the only way to go forward isn't it is to always improve and uh, getting better so i hope i hope that this is the worst episode that we have of the podcast because it means that all the other ones are going to get better and better yeah so, exactly um and uh, um yeah absolutely so you know we're going to have a few social media pages that you can follow us on and uh, the next episode is going to be available to listen right away and it's going to be about our experience uh, arriving in the uk the social media are going to be always foreigners and fathers so be sure to check all your social medias to see if we're there instead of listening. I have a, a Twitch. I stream video games if you want to listen. I'm at Mariachi Viking. If you ever want to come around, that, that'll be kind of cool. So yeah, for my part again, I'm I'm Bruno, and it's been it's been a blast. Thank you for for having me, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for this time, and uh, I'm I'm really excited to do these. I'm really excited about the kind of stuff that we can do, um, and um, yeah, I think this is this is really good, and uh, I hope that our children can hear this in the future and learn a little bit more about what our history is, what what our journey was, and, and as you said, which I quite liked, the prequel to their lives. <laughs>